0: All right, welcome back. We're joined of course now by Chetan Wanze, who's uh you who used to be a regular on the show. Welcome back. And thanks for <laughs> staying socially distanced. <laughs> it's very interesting times and talking about social distancing. Yeah, really interesting. COVID nineteen is still almost people seem to forget now that it, it still is killing people. Numbers are crazy. We have I think fifteen thousand six hundred are there about cases in Nigeria now confirmed. and every day we're almost by by a thousand now, but we're also going through this human rights drama in the country as well. There's been rape incidents going on, police shootings happening here as well, and we're watching what's happening across the world. How are we doing? I mean, we've seen a few people come out to protests in parts of Lagos, I believe, um, and parts of Edo states. How do we go about, you know, still speaking up in a time when we're not allowed to gather, you believe? I think in, um,
1: in many respects that the lockdowns have ended. Um, people are, and this is not just in Nigeria, but all over the world, people are tired of, the, the human being is a, is a social animal. You can't keep people cooped up for a long time. I mean, one lesson I have learned about this is that house arrest is a very effective way of punishing people. Um, so people will gather, especially as uh, things like police brutality come to the forefront. Um, we've had at least four incidents of uh rape in religious uh, in churches um, the uh, uh the uh, incidents in Benin God rest her soul we've had one in benue we've had uh, yesterday there was one reported in oyo state um, there's also been one reported in i think abuja i mean um, human rights will come to will keep coming to the fore as long as we run a nation or a country where we don't have consequence too many of the people who do some of these things do those things in the belief or in the knowledge, um, depending on how you look at it, that they, that they will do it and nothing will happen. I mean, I've been a, a policeman has pointed a gun at me before and told me I go shoot you and nothing will happen. And he will not do that if he doesn't genuinely believe that nothing will happen. Um, when you have a situation where since the day of, the day Nigeria declared its index case till yesterday, today is fourteenth, bar. So, yes, the data have is accurate as of the 13th of June. Since that time, we've had, we have had a case of 60, 62 people have been shot dead by the security forces during in various guises. That's, that's major. Um, and when you have such numbers, at some point, people will finally begin to get tired yeah. and will begin to congregate, pick up. Um, I, would just, I would say that NSAS has been, um, has been on pause. But it will, it, will, it will, resurrect. Yeah, that's just the harsh reality.
0: We're going to take a very, very short break. Uh, when we we'll come back, we'll be joined by the Secretary of the National Human Rights Commission to get his perspective on what they are doing with regards to human rights issues in Nigeria. Please don't go. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're talking human rights uh, and coronavirus in the coronavirus era, and uh, of course, we've been joined now from Abuja from the National Human Rights Commission, Tony Ojuku. Um. Thanks for joining us, uh, Sarah. I want to just start basically with all of what's been going on in the last couple of weeks. We've had so many incidents of rape and, you know, I think most importantly, police brutality. We did hear about Tina, who was shot dead in Lagos. And as we heard from Cheta earlier, we've had at least 62 cases of uh, extrajudicial killings by security operatives since the COVID-19 pandemic started. I mean, these are issues that are glaring. And we, I mean, one case is what triggered the whole of the United States. Where, uh, what are your thoughts on where Nigeria is human rights wise, especially with regards to those who are supposed to keep us secure?
2: Yeah, thank you very much, Ibuka. Um, Yeah, uh, it's as if the COVID-19 pandemic um, threw up so many things and um, Human rights is also one of the victims of the COVID-19 pandemic, because um, of course the, from the lockdown is as if the security agencies just went on rampage and you know, it was like violation galore. And uh, we said so, but um, it did not only stop there. There are things by also private actors, You know, things like rape and uh, domestic violence. And sexual and gender-based violence generally was exacerbated, you know. So, even some areas that uh, we did not even advert our mind to, you know, we 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 un- we underestimated the effects of uh, locking people um, in during the lockdown. You know, um, I I kept wondering. I said, what was it that was provoking this level of uh, um, sexual and gender-based violence just because of the lockdown. And I uh, realized that uh, the human being is really a social animal. And uh, if you put people under house arrest under the conditions under which the lockdown was being enforced, uh, that's the consequence is the manifestation in so many ways. However, it also has exposed the inadequacies of our system that women remain unprotected, that women rights... Uh, Matter and that uh, we should uh, do all we can to make sure that this doesn't continue and should never happen again. So, what we are doing is we have um, decided uh, to make sure that we use this opportunity to create massive, massive awareness on sexual and gender based violence. We make sure that we train all the uh, responsible agencies like the police and uh, we are collaborating with NAPTIP and police to make sure that um, every single case of sexual and gender-based violence is going to be thoroughly investigated and prosecuted because accountability is an issue. Uh, We are also embarking on a massive campaign to make sure that uh, uh, people know what to do when they are uh, victims of sexual and gender-based violence. We are also trying to... Uh, create awareness so that people don't feel stigmatized, so that people don't feel um, withdrawn. Because if they feel withdrawn, they will not report cases of sexual and gender-based violence. And that is why perpetrators go free. People yeah. must be able sorry, to sorry, come and sorry, speak sorry, out, and we should stop. You
0: in st- there. I want to I want to talk specifics now. Very sorry yeah. to cut you off because I know I, I I like that you're talking about these things, but I want to talk about legislation, which is a very important part of this conversation. Um, something that came up a lot when all of these rape cases were being talked about was age of consent in Nigeria. I mean, there's a plethora of legislation in Nigeria that ex- excludes women from anything for the longest time. Women couldn't get something as simple as a as a Nigerian passport without their husband's consent. We still have a lot of those laws that are available. What are what is the commission doing to 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 start making practical uh, steps to fix things like this? Well, uh, by
2: our act, we, we have the mandate to advise uh, government on needed reforms in terms of legislation. We intervene in every legislation that comes in parliament to uh, advise them on the human rights implications and that includes um, issues like you have raised Of course, um, uh, there are ongoing reforms. Uh, Government has set up uh, a gender responsive committee, which is going to look at all laws and see how these laws can be harmonized in such a way that um, uh, victims are not uh, prejudiced in in terms of uh, getting accountability. So we're looking at all that now. And um, of course, um, We are working with other stakeholders to make sure that um, uh, the relevant laws are going to be reviewed to make sure that uh, prosecution is a little bit easier and um, uh, it is not hard on the victims of uh, sexual
0: and gender-based violence. Let me come to you, Chetano. There's He's talked a lot about, you know, what a lockdown might have done to people, uh, which could be, I mean, all over the world, we had cases of domestic violence was on the increase, not just in Nigeria. But of course, police brutality was also a part of the situation. I mean, we've talked about NSARS for so long, and it's still a thing, you know. Are you, do you believe that with the ease on the lockdown, things will get better? Or you think it's still going to be the same? Number one, travel restrictions still exist. Um, and the, uh, a lot of the cases
1: of police brutality, of uh, um, security forces brutality, because to be fair, it's not just the police that are guilty. A lot of the cases of security forces brutality happen on the roads. Um, because people have, the the security forces have been extorting a lot of people who have been disobeying the law, uh, disobeying the president's edicts and traveling. Um, the the uh, it, And it goes to show just how, um, rogue our security services have gone in many respects yeah. um, this is not the first time that Nigeria has had um, uh, uh, orders issued to the security forces especially the police with regards to our roads and most times they, they practically listen to the others, shrug and do what they want to do um, every inspector general of police since Moseliu Smith in 1999 has said that oh, roadblocks should be taken off the roads and every inspector general has been disobeyed It tells you that something is deeply wrong in the culture of policing in the country. And that's where the problem is. The culture of policing in the country is all over the place. It needs to be looked at. Um, Policing, by its very nature, ought to be a local affair. Not even states, but more local. If the policemen stay among the population they are meant to be policing, they will behave better. That's something that we ought to look at. We ought to take that metropolitan Police model, uh, metropolitan police model from the UK, Thames Valley Police, um, uh, Glaswegian Police, those kind of very local police forces where the people stay, um, uh, the police stay among the people. That are and they can be policing, held accountable by. And the they can people. be held accountable by the people. So. I'm using the U.S. as an example. There's a reason why the police are not as brutal to white people. The police force there is overwhelmingly whites, and they stay among the white people. So they're accountable to those white people. But many times it is white policemen who are meant to police black people in neighborhoods that they don't stay in. So they're not accountable, and so they become all Nigerian police-like behavior. So those are... Very specific things that, that need,
0: need to, to be, be fixed. that need to be fixed, and I think that is something that can be fixed very quickly. Mr. Um, Mr. Juku, um, I, I, specifics are very important to me, and we know the ranking is rankings are something that we like to tout when it works for us, but ignore when it doesn't work for us. Nigeria doesn't do very well with any index when it comes to human rights. Um, how are we looking going forward?
2: Uh, for me, there is um, uh, well, well. There's there's room for improvement, but because um, if you look at our our history in the past, coming from military regime, there's no doubt that has been constant progress in the area of human rights, and uh, I think things keep getting better every day.
0: Well, thank you very much. Um, thanks especially to you and the commission for making this program possible. The National Human Rights Commission, particularly supported. Um, <laughs> Our show today, and, uh, and I like that it's it's given us an opportunity to speak our minds. Um, before we go very quickly, are you hopeful? Cheta? Um, I think there's a major test case that we
1: have, and that will determine my um, how hopeful I become. A young chap, Ibrahim uh, Aegis, uh, Dadiata, disappeared over a year ago. We need to find him. If uh, let's put it brutally, if he's dead, we need to know. If he's still alive, who di- who disappeared him. Will the person be held to account? If we can sort something
0: like that, then there's hope. Thank you very much, Etan. Thanks once again to the National Human Rights Commission for their support for Robin Minds today. Like I was say, you can follow the conversation on Twitter at Robin Now It's the handle. Use the hashtag RobinMinds when you tweet at us. I'll see you next Sunday.